Good evening, everyone. Welcome to our second Connecting Conversation, where we will be chatting to Tamara De Bruin. If this is the first time you're joining us, we are looking at ways of getting engagement around our services and enabling our enabling people to chat a little bit more and to enjoy um, speaking and connecting around the topics of the sermon and faith and life and how they apply to us. So the idea with Connecting Conversations is that I'll be interviewing somebody for just a half an hour, nothing more, and we would love to have your comments coming through. If you have questions, it would be great to hear them too. Tonight, the person that I'm going to be speaking to is Tamara De Bruin. Tamara is, she's grown up in Bundaberg as part of the church and is now living in Brisbane with her husband, Kevin, and uh, a beautiful newborn baby who is uh, seven kilograms of energy and time, uh, time management, I'm sure. But uh, Tamara is also an activist, she's an athlete, and it's wonderful to have Tamara with us this evening. Uh, if I can get her there. How are you, Tamara? Hey, well, thank you. How about you, Stuart? I'm very well, thank you. It is lovely to see you. How are things going in Brisbane? Oh, no, it's good here. It's a little bit chilly. It's a nice change of weather, so it's great. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much for joining us and thanks for being uh, part of part of this evening. Um, as you can see, there's comments that will be coming up on the right-hand side. And if you see any comments that you want to chat to, just uh, mention them to me and I can, uh, I can put them up uh, on the screen and we can talk a little bit about them. The idea is we have a, a conversation together around some issues of, of faith and life and, and the sermon itself. Tomorrow, before we even get into that, tell us a little bit about yourself. Uh, I gave a pretty, a pretty poor introduction, actually. <laughs> <laughs> no, so um, I guess the, um, I've um, grown up in the Bundaberg Uniting Church, um, so, um, but most recently, um, I guess Stuart married um, Kevin and I, so performed the wedding ceremony for my husband Kevin and I um, a bit over a year ago now, and um, and our life was dramatically turned up on its head when in um, January this year we welcomed a beautiful baby girl, Edith Grace De Bruin, into our lives, um, who is wonderful. An absolute bundle of energy and pure blessing and um, at times tryingness, um, like this evening, trying to get her to school. <laughs> um, but it's just, it's it's wonderful. It's oh, it's wonderful. <laughs> it's all of it rolled into, every emotion rolled into one. I remember my dad saying to me when, when our children were born, um, I was saying to him, I said, yeah, I, I don't know what's going on. It's just relentless, you know. And uh, it's funny how the kids don't know shut down or not shut down or Monday or Friday or Saturday or Sunday. I haven't got a clue. <laughs> <laughs> it's mum, where are you? Dad, where are you? <laughs> That's it. That's it. Tell us a little bit about your work tomorrow, your interests, your... Yeah, um... So, um, so I work in the field of international development. So I um, have recently... So I've been back in Brisbane for two years now and before that spent about seven years in Papua New Guinea um, working initially on the Australian Aid Program and then for an NGO and then sort of some private consultancy work there. So very much... Um, 
I guess, uh, faith in action, um, sort of a, an outworking of, of social justice through international development, I guess is the sort of where I've chosen to take my career path. Um, although at the oh, moment, fantastic. At the moment, enjoying maternity leave. <laughs> <laughs> Great. That's fantastic, Tamara. Um, so, but, well, before we get into the specifics of the sermon, faith and justice and uh, taking your career down, down that particular pathway. Tell us, tell us a little bit about that. I mean, that's obviously part of your own faith journey. Um, tell us about that and your experience of, of Christ, your history with the church, that kind of thing. Yeah. Um, so, Stuart, I, so I grew up in Bundaberg Uniting Church, and I guess you know, lots of people have their experience of, you know, I, you, know, you know, I was lost and then I was found and sort of this coming to this great knowledge and awakening of um, an understanding of who Jesus Christ was. And mm. I guess one of my earliest memories, I was probably about six years old and was in part of an outreach of a, um, another church in Bundaberg. It was after school outreach. And I can remember standing there and they were praying sort of the sinner's prayer and, um, you know, the leader was, you know, inviting all the, the boys and girls in the group to invite Jesus into their heart. And I remember thinking at that point, um, oh, I've prayed this prayer before. Um, right. So it's kind of I've never, I don't know when I did, but I've just been so fortunate to have, um, I guess to have sort of in, in my memory to have, you know, sort of known who Jesus was and to have invited him into my heart. Don't get me wrong, there have been bumps in that journey. Um, but sort of sure. I've known from, um, you know, I've been really blessed to have known from a, for a long time. Um, and then sort of as a teenager, um, you know, and sort of the influences around um, Malcolm McCracken and Jeff and Denise Savage sort of taking this sort of social justice angle to um an outworking of faith um right and it was it was interesting Stuart that you you quoted Tony Campolo um, yes. in your, um in your Easter service um you know so in the late 90s Tony Campolo was the president of World Vision International um and I was sort of doing some work with World Vision at the time um and I and I remember sort of hearing this you know, this promo ad that you know, little mini documentary that World Vision had put together, and you know, it was very much around sort of you know, as international development was in the nineties, you know, showing starving African children to really yeah, take yeah. you know heartstrings and you know, sort of all this awful child exploitation, really. But you know, we'll leave that for another day. Um, you know, it sort of it was um, it was looking at. Yeah, and, and Tony Campolo sort of was looking at this and and he sort of challenged faith in action of how can you look at this um, and say you have the love of Jesus down in your heart and not be moved to compassion or not be moved to Right, action. right. Um, and it was, you know, that it said, you know, he talks about if, you know, if the greatest commandment is to love one another as I have loved you, then... Um, you know, Jesus will ask us, I was hungry and did you feed me? I was naked, did you clothe me? I was right, you know, yes. in prison because it's as much as you fail to do it to the least of these that you fail to do it to me. Um, and that, I think, has been sort of the, you know, it was one of those defining hallmark moments of my um, of my faith journey, sort of realising that, that, you know, it's as much as I, you know, as I, 
fail to feed the hungry, to to love the brokenhearted, that I'm failing to outwork my faith. That's yeah. okay. That's fantastic. Um, speaking about that outworking of faith, I mean, I, I love that part about Tony Campolo's um, life and witness. I mean, he himself has run. Uh, so many different uh, missions down to Haiti and all sorts mm -hmm. of things um, in, in an attempt to to say we really want to be working out our faith. We really want to be making a difference in this world. Like you say, you know, if it's not if it's not shown in love for other people, what, uh, you know, is it visible at all? Yeah. Uh, well, that that actually jumps me past about four questions that I had. I'll I'll come back to them. <laughs> I'll come back to them in a minute. But the reason I said jumps for me is because there was a moment in your faith that defined actually how you live. Yeah. Um, that's a little bit what I was speaking about on Sunday. Mm -hmm. That there was this moment for the disciples, and Jesus always meant for the resurrection to define how they were going to live, but they weren't doing that. They had, yeah, great moment, wonderful. Mm -hmm. um, in today's context, oh, good sermon by Tony Campola, off we go. Um, yeah. That's really what the disciples were doing instead of um, instead of changing how, um, instead of altering how they actually lived their lives. Um, how does that idea resonate with you in terms of saying the power of the resurrection um, should really change us or have there been other moments that have also kind of contributed to to changing how you've lived yeah i think some some things have been you know life-changing moments and other things have been you know, things where it's had to be a daily decision to change um and change sort of the way um the way i choose to live um right yeah i think yeah, I think that was probably the, you know, talking about sort of that interaction with, you know, Tony Campolo and sort of being exposed to what was, you know, sort of, you know, starvation and poverty at a quite a young age was very much that defining moment. But then there have been other moments where you're right, started to the most incredible preaching and the most, you know, sermons that have brought you to tears and, oh, Jesus, yes. we're going to do this again. And, and, you know, and you walk out on Monday morning, it's back like you know, <laughs> right. there. Um, and I think, yeah, it's it's kind of this, and you think, hang, hang on, I said I was never going to do that again. And, you know, here I find that, you know, it's back to that same old stuff. I think it, it goes to show that whole humility of which we're trying to outwork our faith that we need to constantly be sort of understanding and relying upon that 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 love of jesus in in everything we do um otherwise i think we're just we're so human and we're so fallen that you know we start doing it our own way um yeah that's kind of been my yeah okay cool and uh, well, I mean that that again moves into into the next uh, the next sort of question I wanted to ask was um, that for me would be about making Jesus real, like a daily a daily exercise where um, where you actually have to consciously focus on the fact that Jesus is real uh, for you. You know, we live these lives where there's so much that clamors for our attention that. Uh, uh, I suppose, especially as a new mother with uh, with a little baby, that's uh, that would be particularly uh, true at this stage of life. 
but um but you're right it is a daily thing where we consciously have to say um this jesus is real for me this moment is is real um there been other moments for you where jesus has seemed particularly real yeah you know you know i think becoming a mother was probably sort of that moment of of, of Jesus becoming particularly real because it's a oh my goodness how am I supposed to do this um, right yeah and being blown away by the preciousness of the gift that has been given to us and the the miracle of it is new life um, the fragility mm. of life as well um, you know the the strength to be able to you know, survive on an hour and a half blocks of sleep. Um, just that, that a really simple understanding and faith and hope has been what has kind of got us through that. Um, yeah. 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 Friends, if if there are any comments that you would like to make, any questions you'd like to ask, please uh, keep them coming. We can see them as they come up. I I won't put them all on the screen, but. Certainly, as you ask questions or if there are things that we can comment on, please um, please do that. I think, uh, you know, I mentioned the, the hecticness of life. Um, are there for you any other reasons why you think people in society today, particularly, I mean, contextually in Australia, why, um, why people would struggle to know that Jesus is real? Um, or would struggle even with the concept of Jesus being real tomorrow? Um, I'm sure, like like me, you know many people who who really don't have the time of day for faith. And uh, oh, I might just have um, lost tomorrow. We've been having some internet issues, and uh, if you saw at the at the start, we were a little bit delayed as we waited for tomorrow to um, the internet to kind of accept us both on together so tomorrow has disappeared and in faith and hope i'm believing that she is rapidly trying to uh reconnect with us and as soon as she does i will put her back um into the screen with me um in the meanwhile if uh, oh there she's coming back now if you'd like to put in some more comments like i say please do so uh there is tomorrow we're back you there again? Yeah. Thanks, tomorrow. I forgot what I was saying. Oh, I was speaking about, about busyness. <laughs> yeah, and 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 people who um, there are many people for whom Jesus isn't real. Um, I don't think busyness is the only reason. Um, do you do you want to chat about that, or, or, or yeah. why do you think people struggle to see Jesus as real? You know, Stuart, the little clip that you showed on Sunday, I think, is a sort of is a great grounder here for this. That that perhaps you know, we've become too busy for Jesus. Um, that we've filled our life with so much stuff. Um, you yeah. know, I'm guilty here. You know, and I, I mean, I'm not. You know, Likewise, external <laughs> judgment. Um, that yeah, you know, that the, the gift of coronavirus has been that that stop and that pause and you know the bible the bible says on so many occasions you know be still and know that i'm god and yet we kind of become that 
too busy to be still. Um, yeah. Where that that to just to be still and they got oh yeah I'm great I'm at church on Sunday you know I've you know I've helped with catering afterwards I've you know been to Bible study here I've helped on this team I that you know oh, I have, I've caught up with these friends here and this we've been busy doing life rather than just that 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 sitting and that being. Um, mm. I've found it myself as a as a new mother um, that you know like sort of pre pre COVID nineteen shutdown it was yeah it was you know the raging extrovert within me just wanted to get out and you know and try and you know sort of get out and try and find some sort of sense of of normal again and what that normal means to me um, you know now having this little person that is a hundred percent reliant upon you yes. um, yeah which is hard. Um, but then so the shutdown forced that you know, all of a sudden I'm not catching up with a friend for coffee, um, as wonderful and amazing that as that is. Um, I'm not having someone call in for an hour or two to just give me a chance to be able to have a 45-minute nap or um, I'm not, that, that connection is happening, yeah, virtually, but it forced that just that stop and be still and to bond with Edith Um that I kind of I thought beautiful, yeah. I can't help to think that maybe God is asking and you know the same thing of us during this time. Mm. Um, you know, and again, like you said, not that I, I don't believe that you know COVID 19 is of God's creation. And, no, no. But if the Bible says that God can use everything um, for good for those who love him and are called according to his purpose, then surely he can bring good out of what has been a really hard time for so many of us, a mentally challenging time through, you know, things that have been so out of our control and worlds that have been thrown upside down. And yeah, I, I just can't, yeah, I wonder. I, I think you're hundred percent correct tomorrow. I think looking back, we can, we'll look back at this time as, as moments where we were able to reconnect and, um, particularly uh, spiritually. I've got a couple of uh, comments that came in mercifully while you were gone that I could have spoken about. But Tanil Stewart says, do you have people in your life that ground you in your faith and how? Yeah, uh, Tanil is one of those. <laughs> um, I'm, I am blessed with um, an incredible group of, um, of girlfriends who, um, who we hold each other quite accountable to, who we walk life with, who we're, we've walked friendship with many, many years, which have been many ups and downs through that. Um, yeah. And sort of it's that outworking of faith and trying to actually sort of understand what it means to to be a Christian in this time of life, uh, to how to be a faith-filled mother, um, you know, how to be a friend. Um, yeah, that's they're sort of they're the people who have really grounded me um, at this point. Awesome. And I think that's probably, uh, not to put words in your mouth, but that would possibly be an answer or part of the answer to a question from Peter, which says, uh, what are your little reminders or ways to draw you back to faith when things get busy or the focus is muddled? Uh, friends would be one of those. Are there any others? Yeah, friend. Um, my husband is wonderful at this as well. Um and has this really, you know, he's a peacemaker and has this really calming way of, of just going, you know, stop. Um, everything works out in the end. We know it does. We know we've always been looked after. Why do you think it'd be any different now? Um, which right. is just been that nice way to stop and go, 
you're right. You know, we can look back with 2020 vision, but um, have faith and hope in the uncertainty right now that it's going to be okay. So I guess I'm not very good at that, but I married someone who is very good at that. (laughs) That's awesome. And, uh, yeah, isn't it um, fantastic that... uh, that uh, God uses that, as I say, to to draw us together. And I bet if I spoke to Kevin, he would speak uh, highly of what you do in his life in terms of of drawing him into into faith. Um, I I spoke in the sermon of Jesus being uh, present, even when it doesn't feel like it. And Mm -hmm. um, the knowledge of his presence, as we've just been saying, often only comes in hindsight. Mm You know, when I've heard some of your stories about uh, PNG and and even some of the triathlons and things, um, are there are there moments when when looking back, you've really seen Jesus as being present, but in the moment, it certainly didn't feel like it. Oh, very much, <laughs> <laughs> very much. I think many years ago, um, a very wise woman in my life, um, you know, suggested to me that. Um, you know, and praying, I was praying about a job opportunity, I think, that, I, that had come up um, and suggested about praying for open and shut doors, um, and which was a really interesting way of, of, I found for me, praying because I'm a control freak. I like things to work out the way I plan. I like them to, you know, to be ordered and, you know, I like timing to happen, how I, how I set these out. And, of course, God doesn't work the way that I want things done, um, <laughs> which then, you know, can be, you know, come on. Um, and, you know, and this wise woman said to me, you know, how about you pray instead when things are outside of your control for open and shut doors, which has been this really beautiful way to approach things that have been outside of my control, um, you know, where, whether it's been direction, um, job opportunities. Um, right. That's kind of been the prayer so there have been times when I look back even you know professionally over my career where jobs that had my name written all over it and I thought at the time oh this is just this is perfect this is wonderful this yeah. is great. slammed shut with just like was devastating at the time um you know, only look back later and go, oh my gosh, this is that was. I'm so thankful for that because it redirected me in a path that you know led to X, Y, Z. Um, you know, the the whole story of you know my husband and I meeting was a wonderful you know example of that. I applied mm. for a job back in Brisbane and that um, you know I get like was written for me um, and at the last minute um, I didn't get it and that was, you know, I found this out a week before Christmas and I was devastated. Um, right. You know, it was just, you know, there were buckets of tears, cried, there was angry, God, why? And, you know, all, all of that, that, you know, sort of normal human emotion. Um, yeah. You know, which, um, and who knew, um, to Two weeks later, I met my husband. I met the man who would become my husband um, on a plane. Um, that would just never have happened if, you know, what seemed in my way and you know to be to be the sort of direction that was going. But God had a very different path. Um, yeah, it's been so. It's been more times like that that I think God has really used those times of brokenness or. Um, mm lack of direction, lack of faith to really show up in a very real and tangible way that often has only been evident in hindsight. 
in hindsight. Yeah. I can't remember who it was. I don't want to put words in anybody's mouth, but I remember somebody saying, I'm so glad God didn't answer all the prayers I prayed the way I prayed them. And she, this particular person said, I would have married the wrong man a couple of times. <laughs> Many times. <laughs> so, so, yeah, absolutely. I mean, we look back in hindsight and see this. And um, we spoke a little earlier on about, um, you know, messing up and and mm -hmm. and so on, and the daily reminder of the fact that Jesus is real. In the sermon, I spoke about Jesus uh, resurrecting the disciples. You know, in a sense, their their sinful self dies with him, and and mm -hmm. he resurrects them and, and makes them new, and says, "All of those failings, I've actually got a job for you. That's over. It's gone." Um, and I mean, I think that this is probably something that is is um, would happen um, very often in in life in, in triathlons. I mean, you and I obviously mm -hmm. share a love for triathlons. You running them, me watching them, but uh, <laughs> yeah, I do the I do the triathlon to the fridge. You know, jump off the couch, run to the fridge, and <laughs> get back to the the couch again. But um, I mean, in, in those sort of moments, um, do you think have there been moments where 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 you've thought you've been done for and just found a sense of resurrection? Um, and how has it kind of impacted your your resilience in ordinary life? Yeah, continually, Stuart. Um, I remember a very wise um, um, reverend giving a sermon in a very special um, church ceremony once talking about how we, we focus on the finish line of an Ironman. Right. It's much <laughs> more about the journey. Um, and it really is because I think the, you know, the finish line is nothing more than the common accumulation of um, times of extreme fatigue, times of resilience born in um, wanting to give up and yet just continuing to take a stand um you know there's you know we talk in iron man um about you know, it's, you know hitting the hurt locker and the hurt locker normally comes somewhere between 2k's and 40k's on the marathon and um, oh, right and lasts that entire time too um and, you know you, and it's times like that that you can't think of the big picture and all you can think of is just taking that next step in front of mm. you and once you've taken that next step just taking the one after that and then just taking the one after that and and i think sometimes our faith is just like that too that you know we you know we so often we we want that whole sort of that big whole jesus change me in some big yeah. way yet I think faith is built in just taking a step and and just a step and just a step. And that might be as simple as, um, you know, Jesus changed my heart. I've got a potty mouth at the moment. I don't know where it's come from, but it needs to be cleaned mm. up, you know, um, you know of, of actively working on that. I mean, that you know, Jesus, I want to be able to, um, you know, dedicate a quiet time with you every morning um, and just, Okay, it's only two minutes at the moment, but you know, two minutes is better than nothing. Absolutely, um, yeah. That it just becomes all those little steps, and little steps lead to bigger steps, and bigger steps, mm. you know, lead to you know bigger miles. Which you know, that momentum, momentum builds. But I think faith is actually built in those those little steps. Um, yeah. 
Fantastic, yeah, absolutely. It's uh, and it's you know one step in front of the time, one step in front of the other one that all that gets you that gets you to the finish line. Or so I'm told. Do well, I actually so know the, the triathlons that you've run, Stuart? You'd be very that's, that's right. <laughs> very, very true. Tomorrow we we're coming up towards the end of uh, of the half an hour, and it's been an absolute joy chatting with you. There've been some fantastic uh, comments. Um, and Denise, uh, Denise Savage, who's watching, has also sort of summed it up and, and just saying that so many people have shared valuable insights and, and God's wisdom uh, within the comments. So, you know, I hope that those who watch the YouTube will go back and, and read the comments as they as they come up. Um, but uh, any any sort of last thoughts or any any last comments that you want to make? Motherhood and coronavirus on mother, motherhood and live streaming sermons. How does that go? Oh, down? I love it. I love it. <laughs> <laughs> for us, I mean, I'm sure it's difficult for other people. Um, I'm sure lots of other people miss um, the you know, the, pre the physical presence of being there. But um, you know, this is, online church is the greatest gift that we could be given right now in this stage of life. Um, the ability to press pause on you, Stuart, when someone decides to exercise her beautiful vocal cords. Right. Um, you know, to, um, to be able to sit in church in my pyjamas when it's been a very big night and perhaps mm. getting, you know, dressed has been a little bit too much. Um, you know, to, to be able to not worry about trying to quiet a screaming baby or not having to sit in a mother's room and therefore missing most of what's going on anyway. Mm. For us, it's been wonderful. Well, again, like you were saying, you know, we will look back at this time and realize that God was there in incredible ways, and that's that's a fantastic, um, uh, fantastic thing that you mean. I'm worried my family uh, won't push pause. I'm worried that they're enjoying the fact that they can mute me. You know, that's <laughs> that's what they like. Tomorrow, like I said, it's been a blessing. Any last comments or any last thoughts? Any any uh, comments you saw that we didn't touch that you'd like to speak about? No, I just I just want to draw back on um, you know how you said about you know the disciples being changed from that resurrection power, that encounter yes. with Jesus. Um, that you know that how we can be changed by what we're actually going through at the moment with you know coronavirus. That yeah, I remember. I it's been the last couple of years and it's appeared every now and then that, you know, we should all stop that glorification of busy. Um, and I mm. wonder whether maybe that can be the, the part that we can take away from, from this. Of how, do we, how do we simplify our lives? Um, how do we simplify our faith? Um, how do we, you know, simplify our connections with family and with friends? Um, yeah, that's sort of the part that I'm pondering at the moment. That is fantastic. Tamara, thank you so much for sharing with us. I know that you're so busy. Please thank Kevin as well for uh, mm -hmm. for making sure everything was uh, quiet there and, and for you to be able to do that. Send him our love. We just and, uh, before this. <laughs> it was a challenge, though, tonight. <laughs> well, thank you so much, and thank you for being available to do this. I appreciate that. Thank you, Stuart. I'm going to uh, say cheers to tomorrow uh, right now and to thank all of you for being here with us. Thank you for um, listening. Thank you for um, sharing with us. Thank you for the beautiful comments that came through. We did see them all, as I said, we can't speak to all of them. 
but uh, we really appreciate that. And may God bless you on this Tuesday evening. Have a good one, everybody. See you soon.